1: Hi, everyone. Ricardo Gonsalves with SBS on the Money for this Friday, the 15th of January 2021. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap. Uh, Later, home loans are booming, but the average loan size is at a record high. So are Australians taking on too much debt? But first, let's talk about the man who has two attempts left, to guess a 10-year-old password to access hundreds of million dollars worth of Bitcoin locked inside an old computer before it's destroyed. Stephen Thomas earned just over 7,000 units of the cryptocurrency in 2010, which back then was worth around one US dollar each. But Bitcoin's recent rally sees it currently traded around $39,000, which means that wallet is worth $273 US. I actually spoke to him from San Francisco a little earlier. Here is Stefan Thomas. Stefan, you've got a hard drive with hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of Bitcoin on it, but you can't access it. Why?
0: Yeah, so um, this all started when I first found out about Bitcoin uh, back in 2010. Um, And I'd been a software freelancer for many years and uh, and realized that there was a lot of friction in payments, especially international payments, and that's what got me interested in the technology. Um, myself and a, a couple of friends, we made an animated video uh, that kind of explained how Bitcoin works. And for that video, we won a, a community-sponsored bounty, so like people pooled their money and they they put up a bounty for that video. And so that's how we originally got the coins. Um, I ended up putting uh, whatever was left over after paying everyone who worked on the on the video. Um, I put what was left over into sort of a wallet that I intended to use to kind of support the Bitcoin community. Um, And uh, what ended up happening was um, the main copy of that wallet uh, became inaccessible. Um, It's, you know, it gets a little technical, um, but uh, I, I needed to fall back to the backups. And one of the backups is a encrypted flash drive. Um, and the way that that flash drive works is that it has it gives you ten chances to enter your password, and if you don't enter it correctly, it eventually locks itself and deletes all the keys. Um, and uh, yeah, once I discovered that my my main copy was gone, um, I tried to access the backup, um, and I realized that I, I couldn't find the password. How does that make you feel? After it happened, like I was very very depressed and des- desperate, and I tried everything possible to like recover. Uh, the wallet. But at some point after a couple of weeks of that, and just not sleeping and and trying everything, um, I realized that it was probably not going to happen. And so I sort of made a conscious decision not to, you know, wallow in self pity for the rest of my life, but to like kind of move on and and get back to work. And, and you know, uh, and I ever since then, it's actually been more of a uh, source of motivation. And so like, when I talk about it today, I actually almost think about it in a positive sense, if that makes sense, because uh, it really defined and gave me a lot of motivation to uh, to work hard. And, and you know, I started a company in 2000, 2018, um, and a lot of that wouldn't have happened if I had given up at that point.
1: Is there absolutely no way of cracking into the computer or that, that, that thumb drive? I mean, are even the world's best hackers, could they not get into it?
0: Uh, There's still some hope Uh, you can do uh, some physical attacks against the wallet. Um, Actually, once the story came out uh, in the New York Times, like a lot of people reached out to me with all kinds of ideas on how you could potentially get the Bitcoins back. Like some of the most popular were like uh, hypnosis or psychics or uh, drugs or all kinds of things to like um, help me with my memory. The problem is that it's the kind of password that I used was a very secure password. So it's not really the kind of password you can memorize in the first place. Um, and so I think the best chance that I have is is some kind of physical attack against the, the flash drive uh, to get around that 10 try limit. And then once you get around that limit, then you can use a supercomputer to try, you know, billions of passwords per second. And then there might be a chance to, to get it back someday. Um, but it's a lot of work. And so I kind of I'd rather focus on my company right now rather than, you know, going on a big treasure hunt. But uh, maybe someday I'll, I'll do that.
1: It's a lot of work, but it's worth more than 200 million dollars worth of work.
0: Yeah, I mean the you know I, I've, I've fortunately since that time, like back then, like I said, it was a lot of money. Uh, even the you know, 140,000 was an incomprehensible amount of money like more than I'd ever owned at that point. And so um, it, you know back then that would have been a much stronger argument since then like I've had I've been very fortunate. I've had a good career, my company's doing well. Um, And so I'd rather continue to invest in the company because then it's not just a benefit to me, but actually a benefit to our customers, a benefit to the world at large. Like we're building some really cool products. Um, And so, you know, I feel like that's a better way to spend my time rather than, you know, like digging for lost treasure, if you will.
1: What's your advice to other Bitcoin investors, given that it's so much in the news at the moment?
0: Yeah, so... Uh, I think the first thing, the first mistake I made was that I was too distracted. I didn't, you know, take a moment and, and really think about how I was going to protect my wallet, what the risks were, um, how I was going to address those different risks. But then the more specific mistake that I made was uh, not testing my backups. Like I had two backups, which sounds like really, really safe, um, but it turned out that they actually had both failed at different times, but I didn't know about the fact that they failed um because i didn't test them so like i'd long forgotten the password to the second backup this flash drive but i didn't know that i'd forgotten the password because i didn't try to access that flash drive until i lost the main copy of the wallet
1: Stefan thomas there speaking to me from san francisco let's go to the australian share market now which finished Steady, 6715 on the S&P ASX 200. That's despite Afterpay surging 10% to a record high, it is now bigger in market cap than Telstra. Payments company Tyro declined 12% before hitting a trading hole. It comes amid connectivity problems with some of its FPOS terminals impacting many small businesses mining stocks did well bhp up 1.7 percent uh, so too energy players and it follows our uh, u.s stimulatory measures which investors hope will aid global growth so for more on that including the latest home loan figures i spoke earlier with ryan felsman from comsec ryan shares are up today why
2: well what we've seen so far is the australian share market the asx 200 benchmark up by around 0.2 percent today that would be the third consecutive day of gains if that does materialize through to the close. We've seen the likes of information technology companies up by 2% after pay hit a record high today. It's now trading at around $129 a share, and it's lifted another 7% today. And that's really on the back of news out of the United States. Yesterday, we saw fintech company a firm list on the NASDAQ. It was up by a whopping 98%. And on the back of that, we've also seen certainly that broader sector lift. Also, at the same time, we have seen materials up by 0.7%. We've seen the likes of BHP and also Fortescue lift in the vicinity of 1% to 2% on the back of a rise in iron ore prices overnight by about 1.4%. And also ProMedicus continues to lift its share prices up about 5%. And that's on the back of that seven-year deal that announced for $40 million, a contract with Utah's biggest health provider.
1: To what extent will US President-elect Joe Biden's stimulus package impact the market?
2: Well, what we've heard from President-elect Joe Biden today is a $1.9 trillion package. And the focus of this package will really be on COVID economic relief. We've seen the US economy looking to be revived, certainly with the increase in infection rates over the course of the last few months. And the focus will be on income support, also, at the same time, will be some stimulus checks provided in terms of the broader population. We have seen those unemployment benefits in particular spike overnight. So if you look at jobless claims or claims for unemployment benefits, they lifted by 181,000 last week, and that was the biggest jump in 10 months. So really, the restrictions that we've seen in the United States around the rising COVID infection rates are starting to hurt the labour market. And that's about one million million people currently receiving those unemployment benefits and at the same time uh, we've also seen retail spending start to fall back as well spending was down by 1.1 percent in the month of november a flat out comes expected in december so broadly what we're expecting to see out of the biden policy really is support for households in terms of their income so that they will spend again but also for the labor market in particular what we have seen is some support for state and local governments who have actually been shedding workers during the pandemic In
1: some economic news, we've seen record home loans and mortgage sizes, according to the Bureau of Statistics. So what does that say about where the property market is here in Australia? I mean, predictions we were supposed to see big falls during COVID.
2: Well, what we've seen really is a continuation of a buoyant Australian property market. We have seen home prices lift in December. In fact, over 2020, despite the pandemic, if you look at the eight capital cities combined, home prices lifted by 1.8%. And at the same time, we have seen new home sales at decade highs in November, and now it's complemented by record home loans. So if you look at the value of new loan commitments for housing, that actually rose by 5.6% in the month of November. And for owner-occupiers, it also lifted by 5.5% to a record high of around $18 billion. And even investors are joining the party at the moment. We have seen investor home loan values increased by six percent and that was also at around a two-year high of 5.61 billion so broadly the housing market is buoyant, being supported by record low mortgage rates also government stimulus We have seen of course the uh, home builder scheme and more broadly stamp duty concessions for first home buyers providing a lot of support for the housing market and the demand for home loans with home prices lifting both regionally and also in cities is leading to that strengthening demand. Also bear in mind of course though with yields particularly around financial markets very low, residential housing is certainly a focus for investors at the moment. Are Aussies in too much debt? Well, certainly, if you look at the home size in terms of the average numbers in November, so across the country, we saw the average home loan size in terms of the average number at 528,800 for Australia at record high levels in New South Wales, Queensland, Western Australia and Tasmania. So one of the concerns, of course, going forward is as, as home prices lift again and with interest rates at record lows, Australians will run into affordability issues and therefore take on greater home loan sizes or certainly larger mortgages or more debt. And that's going to be a concern for policymakers into 2021.
1: Ryan Felsman there from Comsec. That is SBS on the Money for this Friday, the 15th of January 2021. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Business Ricardo.
0: This SBS on the Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only